0: before you this morning, we are humbled by your amazing grace. We're humbled by the fact that you would love us even though our life is full of sin, that you would decide to extend mercy and grace to us when we do not deserve it. Father, I pray this morning that you have already been honored as we have lifted our voices to you to give you thanks for that grace and that mercy. And God, I pray now that you'd be honored as we open up your word and that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that you would place within our hearts this morning a resolve to do what you have called us to do. We give you praise for what you have done in our lives, what you're doing even now, what you will do in the future. In Jesus' good name we pray, amen and amen. Take your seat as well as your Bible and turn with me to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. While you're turning there, I'd like to to share a little bit of of news with you uh, now that 2020 is officially uh, over. If if, if you don't recall, back at the first part of 2020, which again was about four years ago, we we began a partnership with an organization called R.I.P. Medical Debt. This is an organization, a nonprofit, that partners with churches and other uh, like-minded institutions to to relieve the medical debt of people who are kind of uh, maybe it's it's above their head. It's it's kind of. Uh, submerge their life; it's 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 a burden to them. And and we 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 worked very strongly with them for the first couple of months. But then around March, that little pandemic came through, and it kind of slowed things down and stalled some things. But you guys have been so faithful to continue to give to this uh, project. And I've had conversations with the uh, staff at RIP Medical Debt over the last couple of months, and uh, we we sent them a check and after we talked with them about what we're able to send them, uh, let me just, just share with you. I just want you to know that because of your giving, they were able to come into Santa Rosa County and they found about $985,000 of medical debt in Santa Rosa County. And because of your giving, they were able to buy it and we eliminated every cent of it. Of of the medical debt that they were able to buy, we were able to erase all that. But but they said, hey, your check is more than what it took to do this. So let me just, just tell you, In Bay County, we helped 175 people eliminate their medical debt. In Calhoun County, five recipients. Franklin County, seven. Gulf County, 13. Holmes County, 14. Jackson County, 40. Liberty County, two. Walton County, 67. Washington County, 25. Santa Rosa County, 492 people for a total of elimination of of medical debt $1.335 million. Thank you, church. Thank you, church, for giving to that, and uh, that that need still exists, so don't stop giving to that now. If you'd like to continue to give to RIP Medical Debt, uh, I'll work directly with them, and there'll be more debt that we're able to help people, but uh, thank you for giving on that. All right, we're in Philippians chapter 3. This is the first Sunday of 2021. I don't know how many times you've written 2020 since the turn of the year. I've written it zero. I was ready to not write it anymore, and I don't plan on writing it anymore. So here we are in 2021 with uh, the traditional New Year's resolutions. And I found it interesting that uh, 25% of the people who make resolutions say that either A, they don't think they can keep them, or B, they don't plan on keeping them. Uh, Someone one time wisely quipped may all your troubles last as long as your New Year's resolution. <laughs> you know they were doing these uh, these, these little uh, so on Facebook and Twitter on social media uh, these these word squares with all these different letters and they you know people were like all right the first word that jumps out to you that's your word for this year let's put the past behind us and and what is the word that you see and I kind of ignored a few of them and finally this morning I was like I'm gonna just look at one of them see what I, and the word the first word that jumped out to me was the word sag, like a preacher's belly does over his belt, S-A-G, and I thought, well, what a way to start. (laughs) Well, as we we think about New Year's, we think about making resolutions. Resolutions can be a good thing. In fact, they can even be a a godly thing. It's very possible. It's even desirous for us to make biblical spiritual resolutions. To make a resolution, one must simply have a resolve. They must determine to do something. And a case in point of someone who knew what it was like to make spiritual resolutions is the Apostle Paul. In fact, all of his life after his conversion was really directed toward fulfilling a godly, a holy resolution. He wanted to keep Christ at the center of his life and do what God had called him to do. In fact, when he writes to a church at Corinth, he says, I have resolved to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. One of the classic examples of Paul's resolution of his holy resolve is in Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to read that resolve in verses 12 through 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, it says, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As followers of Christ, we are called to have this holy resolve. Notice how Paul said that Christ Jesus made me his own. That when we make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, part of following Jesus involves a only resolve it was jesus who who instructed the Apostle Paul to write to the church and to remind us that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that we are not our own. We're bought with the price. Therefore, we're to glorify God with our body. To, to follow Jesus is to live a life of holy resolve. And I thought it'd be fitting on this first Sunday of 2021, and in light of all the resolutions that maybe you have made or thought about making, to just take a couple of minutes to think about how we can can make a spiritual resolve to do what God's called us to do in this coming year. You see, there's a reason that Paul had such a holy resolve. What was it that he had yet to obtain, but he determined to make his own? Look back up in verses 7 through 11 of that same chapter, Philippians chapter 3. Paul says, Philippians 3, verse 7, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul said, I want to know Christ so I can become more like Christ. Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you this morning that that of all the resolutions you may make, that this is one you must make. This is one that Jesus has called you to make. This is one the Bible lays before us to make, and that is to know Christ and to become more like him. That is God's plan for your life. You don't have to pray about what God's purpose is for your life. God's purpose is for you to know Christ and to become more like him. In fact, I can check and prove that to you by referencing you to something else the apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8 in verse 28-29. He said, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, what is that purpose? For those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Your goal for this year In fact, your goal for your life is to be more like Jesus today than you were yesterday. And to be more like Jesus tomorrow than you are today. And to be his hands and feet to someone today, even no matter what you did yesterday, And to make it your goal to be his hands and feet tomorrow, just as you do today. It's to become like Jesus because you know Jesus. So the question then becomes, how in the world does that happen? How can I take this holy resolve and own it in my life? I'm so glad you asked me that this morning. Because I want us to look at the text that Paul wrote in Philippians and give a quick brief, and you know brief in preacher talk means an hour and a half. A quick, a brief. Man, y'all sense of humor didn't, didn't come over with you, and y'all left that in 2020 as well. Uh, three, three things, three things, real quick, that will help us maintain this holy resolve. Number one's this, refuse to live in the past. Refuse to live in the past. Look at what Paul said he was going to do in verse 13. But one, in the middle of the verse, he says, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Paul understood that he couldn't be fully committed to Christ today if he was caught up in yesterday. Now, don't misunderstand me. Paul is not saying that he forgot the blessings of God in the past. Paul is not saying that he forgot the Word of God in the past. Paul's not saying that he's forgotten the grace of God in the past. Rather, what Paul is getting at is he's saying that he is refusing to live in the past while he is in the present. You see, we face the temptation to dwell in the past at the expense of what God wants to do in our lives through our resolve in the present. And, and we, we have to especially be on guard in, in a couple different areas with this. Of course, you see, we, we are tempted to live on past blessings, It's appropriate to give God thanks for all that he's done. But it's not appropriate to live so much in what God has done that we fail to recognize what God wants to do in our lives today. Paul could not live on the past victories that he had won in his walk with Christ. His resolve caused him to press forward, to have to resist that urge, to, to, to focus on the past, but to, but to do what God had called him to do. You see, we are tempted to live on our past blessings, but some of us are also tempted to to live on our past blunders. And in fact, I'm just going to camp here for just a couple of seconds, or minutes. 100% of us in this room, 100% of us watching us online, all of us, every single one of us, have failed and sinned. The difference between people who sin is there are some people who stay stuck in the past of that sin and live in their mistakes while others allow God to use their resolve to move them forward, past, and beyond their failure. May I remind you of the Apostle Paul's autobiography? He was the chief of sinners, the persecutor of the church, consenting to the death of believers, but that past did not define him, nor did that past destroy him because his resolve was in Christ. Listen to me this morning. The enemy has a strategy for you too this year. Your enemy, Satan, who ro- who roams about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, he has a desire for you to get caught up in your past, for you to not move forward because he wants to remind you of things that have happened in the past. And when that happens, our, our determination, our stance must be to remember not what he says about our past, but to remember what Jesus has said about our past. And if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Christ today, let me share with you what Jesus has said about your past. He has said about your past that if you confess your sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive you those sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Don't waste one day of your life living in something that God has forgiven. Forgetting what lies behind. So living in the past, whether they're good old days or not so good old days, will hinder our ability to live with a holy resolve. So first, we refuse to live in the past, and second, we remain focused on moving forward. We remain focused on moving forward. Again, what he says in verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus, I press on towards, not backwards, but toward, forward. Paul never lost sight of the plan and purpose God had for his life. Now I want you to understand there is a balance that must be found in in this tension that we try to live for Christ in this world. Paul wasn't dwelling on the future at the expense of being thankful for God's provision for the past, nor was he living in the future at the expense of living for God's glory in the present. And see, we're prone, or when I say we, I really mean me. I'm prone to do this. I'm prone to live in the future so much that I forget what God has done in the past. You know, we can become so consumed with what might be that we fail to remember what has been. i repeat that. I think it's important for you to hear. We can get so caught up in what might be, that we fail to remember what has been. I think about Joshua, when Joshua got his tail handed to him at AI, and he threw a complaint before God, and In all of his complaints, he talked about everything that was wrong, but one thing he never mentioned was how God had given them victory after victory after victory up to that point. I'm prone to do that. I'm prone to have a moment when I stumble, when I fail, and I forget all the good things that God has done for me. But I'm also prone to live in the future so much that I sometimes fail to serve God in the present. I can get so caught up in what I might do that I fail to do right here, right now, today. I love the question that was posed to a great missionary, David Livingston. And he said, they asked him, where are you ready to go now? And he said, I'm ready to go anywhere, provided it be forward.'" Paul expected God to open doors for him in the future to enable him to reach his goal to attain the prize, and he was ready to walk through those doors. Are you ready to walk through the doors God opens for you? Are you ready, are you resolved to focus on moving forward in what God's called you to do? So this holy resolve involves us refusing to live in the past. It deals with our past. It also has us to remain focused on moving forward toward what God's called us to do in the future. But thirdly, it focuses on the present in this way. We must resist the urge to give up. Attaining, maintaining a holy resolve involves this proper perspective the past, the future, the present. But I want you to understand this morning that maintaining a holy resolve, if you're going to make it your goal... To know Christ and to become more like Christ. That is spiritual battle. A lot of people look over a a phrase that Paul uses in verse 13. He says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. Notice he didn't say strutting forward. He didn't say Ric Flair styling and profiling forward. You know, back when wrestling was real, Ric Flair kind of had the, you know, the, the swag. He said, "I'm straining Ford," and 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 that word in the original language, it's straining. It's the idea of of work. It's the idea of of pushing against something. It's the idea of facing resistance and and something uh, oppresses you and you try to press beyond it and it causes sweat and it causes work and it causes tension. It is a a battle. You get the urge to give up. If you don't believe that, just look at the, the physical reality. Dry. And again, there's a reason that I don't sign up for a gym membership in January because I know I'm not going to use it come February." And and, and and that just shows us something physically that is true spiritually as well. We can start out on the right foot, but we have to uh, face that challenge of resisting the urge to give up. Everything in our flesh is going to fight against us pushing forward for Jesus Christ. Your enemy, Satan, does not desire it for your life. We will face multiple opportunities to give up every spirit resolve and decision that will make us more like Jesus Christ, we must decide now not to give up. You see, if you wait until your feet are put to the fire, it becomes a lot easier to give up. But if you'll make a resolve now, go ahead and determine your spirit now that you will not give up. You say, Pastor, I can't do that. I know you can't. And that's the best news of all, is that you can't do it. And then you go, Pastor, I don't understand what you're saying. See, here's what you have to remember about resisting the urge to give up. We can resist that urge, not because we've got the power, but because Jesus does. We can resist that urge to give up because the presence of Christ is within us, and the power of Christ is for us. God is for you. Don't ever forget, God's on your side. God is for you. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper your life. I'm not talking about material and making it rain money from heaven. I'm talking about God wants you to enjoy an abundant life. That's why Jesus died, not just to take you to heaven, but to give you abundant life, John 10:10 on earth so you can make his name and his fame known. God wants you to succeed and God has given you everything required to do what he has called you to do. Take heart this morning if you feel like already it's time to give up. Take heart this morning if you are facing that, that temptation to give up and to give in. Listen to what the author of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 12. He tells us to since we are surrounded by so great may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Now, I know you look at me and you say, there's a the guy who runs. <clears throat> Thank you for the chuckles. Appreciate that. But for those who do run, I mean, we could be driving through town, and if, if my daughter's with you, Cam's with me, if we see someone running, I'll say, Cam, what do you think's wrong with that man? Think somebody's chasing him? Because that's the only reason that he would be doing that. But those who do run, I know we got some runners in our church they say you hit a wall. Again, I don't lose my experience. <laughs> but about, I hit a wall in like point one. Uh, they say that run about halfway through, though, they'll hit that wall. And they have to get focused on the prize, on finishing. You know, spiritually, we hit some walls. Our calling from God is to keep our eyes on Jesus, who hit some walls. But he pushed through. He didn't give up. In a garden, he prayed, not my will, but your will be done. And he carried out what God had called him to do. And because he was faithful, we are able to enjoy salvation today. Let me ask you this, church. Can you imagine the impact of a body of believers that have the kind of holy resolve that Paul is speaking to us about in Philippians? Can you imagine the impact? in the city of Milton, in Santa Rosa County, in the panhandle of Florida, across this state, across this nation, and around the world. Can you imagine what happened if a group of believers said, you know what, this is the year that I've been tempted to give up, I'm going to face resistance to give up, but I'm going to push through, and I'm going to know Christ and become more like him. And my goal today is to be more like Jesus than I was yesterday. Say, pastor, people around me aren't all going to make that resolution. Well, you're right. You can't control what anyone else resolves to do, but you can control what you resolve to do. And that's my question to you this morning, is will you be willing To place yourself before God and to make a holy resolve to know him and to become more like him. But see, before you can know him, you have to become like him. And in becoming like him and in knowing him, that's what we call salvation. If you're here this morning and there's never been a time in your life when you confess your sins to Jesus and ask him to be your savior. I can't think of a better way to get a year started than to have your eternal security taken care of. In fact, in just a second, we're just gonna pause for about a half minute. That's gonna be our invitation today, our time of commitment is about a half minute to where I'm just gonna ask you to right where you are to bow your head and to do business with God. If that's a step you need to take, if that is your first step of making Jesus your Lord and Savior, there are no magic words that you say. There's no magic formula you go through. You simply cry out to Jesus. You confess your sins to Jesus. You repent of those sins in your heart and ask Jesus to save you. Scripture says, all who call out to him, he will save. Maybe you've made that decision to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But your next step is baptism, as we saw this morning. Or or your next step is to, to rededicate yourself to Christ. Maybe your next step is to make a resolve. Maybe you've made all the physical resolves. And man, if you're going to be in the gym all year, hats off to you. And I I, I pray it goes well for you. But uh, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world loses his own soul? What about your spiritual resolve? Will you simply, in this time of commitment, in these 30 seconds, will you simply make this commitment to God? Will you simply say to Jesus and pray to him and ask him, Lord, help me be your hands and feet every day this year. Lord, help me be more like Jesus today than I was yesterday. Well, you make that part of your daily walk with Jesus. Right where you are, if you bow your heads for just 30 seconds, you do business with God, whatever decision you need to make, you make it right where you are. If you're here this morning and you've made a decision, we would love to come alongside you and equip you with resources to help you in your next step. If you're here on campus, you can look at the pew in front of you. You'll find a yellow card there. You can complete that card that talks about your next step. And then when you leave here today, you can drop that in the receptacles we have out uh, outside the offering boxes. You can drop that in there. And we'll follow with you this week on that for your next step. Uh, to our guests, again, we're so glad that you came to worship with us. I hope that you'll get to uh, get help us get to know you a little bit by completing that great card or online. Go to fbcmilton.org, and you can find a way there to connect with us to help us know you a little bit better. Uh,